Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, this is the first show we've done since shelter-in-place was implemented. There's lots of conflicting information about health issues related to COVID-19, about our economy, business activities, home life, and overall just getting back to normal, whatever that's going to be. That's really hard to make sense out of all this conflicting information from experts in their fields. Now, normal is what we all want, but how do you decide what to do? And when can we back, go back to work and back to school? And what's healthy? Now, I'm not a medical expert or an economic expert or an education expert. Okay, maybe I know a few things about solar and storage. And I do have a pretty good idea of what some of the biggest questions and uncertainties are. So the kind of the way I look at it is um, I want to take what everybody's saying, listen to it, try and understand it, and subtract out the uncertainties, subtract out what we don't know. Because sometimes people are making conclusions or recommendations based on a single data point. Like um, they did a test in, in uh, uh, France that chloroquine cures COVID-19. That's just one test. That was one, uh, you know, 25 people or so. Well, they've done a lot more tests and the, the data's coming back a little different. Or sometimes you hear biased recommendations from people that may have a hidden agenda. Like we don't need to wear face masks. Face masks won't help. The reason why we were all told not to wear a face mask is there weren't enough face masks. And, and um, uh, you know, do- doctors and, and first responders needed those face masks. But we could have made ordinary cloth masks and that was fine. So we've kind of gotten over that. And now everybody's wearing masks. Um, and sometimes you just hear recommendations that, that are just self-serving BS. Um, so I like to kind of listen to all that, take out what I think is really uncertain and people are making stuff up as they go along. And then you end up with a few things that we're really confident with. So that's what we're going to focus on. Now, first, a little bit of home and business background about what's happening with cinnamon energy systems in here at home. Now at home, things were pretty hectic as with lots and lots of other people. I had two of my adult children come back. They were home with us sheltering in place. Um, Boy, you know, it's a lot easier with adult children than, than, than smaller kids. I, you know, my heart really goes out. A lot of sympathy for parents who are homeschooling their children while they're also trying to work. Now, from a business standpoint at Cinnamon Energy Systems here in California, now, almost all of our solar and battery business is completely shut down for a few weeks. Um, although battery systems were considered essential infrastructure um, and rooftop solar was not, we still couldn't do the work because most of the building departments were closed or prohibited doing any work. Um, and, you know, neighbors were kind of concerned about people doing construction, even though we were following procedures. Um, but the biggest problem was we couldn't get building permits. And now those building permits are, are gradually coming through. Um, yeah, but, but we're having delays with building inspections, and then obviously the utilities are dragging their feet, but PG&E is slower than ever. Um, they, kind of, they seem to find every excuse they can to delay solar and storage installations and increase our costs. All right, now, so let's talk a little bit about um, what's happening in the whole solar industry, and this is important if you're both a, a business or a, a homeowner who's interested in solar and storage, or if you're interested, um, you know, as one of the, the thousands of solar contractors out there. Well, I like to look at this from a supply and demand standpoint. So from a supply standpoint, um, there's plenty of supply. Um, you know, it's not a surprise. There was a lot of supply here for the first quarter of 2020. And then boom, the, the, um, there wasn't as, the, the, we went to shelter in place and things slowed down. Um, it's had a big impact on pricing. I like to say that pricing is, quote, dynamic, unquote. Um, There's shipping delays. There's manufacturing interruptions. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of extra supply in the supply chain. So uh, distributors have a lot of product. Um, Big installers may have ordered a lot of product, and then they saw um, they weren't able to install. 
install it. So um, it's been very tricky to, to have the right quantity of equipment. Plenty of solar panels, plenty of inverters, plenty of batteries. They just may not be where you need it, when, they, when you need it, um, and, and there's some uncertainties. Um, from a demand standpoint... This is where we've had the biggest problem. I mean, for all intents and purposes, um, demand for everything related to construction completely stopped when shelter-in-place went into effect. I mean, there's a couple reasons for that. First, customers, homeowners, and businesses were understandably cautious about making any kind of investments. I mean, when, you, when you're in shelter-in-place, you're not supposed to do anything. How can you have a contractor come out, even though we were authorized to do that as an essential service? Um, people were kind of careful. And, and there's also economic uncertainty. So from a demand standpoint, to, to kind of help cure that, um, couldn't really do the in-home sales that, that heck, uh, you know, my company's been doing for 20 years. So um, you had to kind of transition to an online selling process. Um, and this concept of selling solar and now seller battery, solar and battery storage was really pioneered by my friends at Sungevity. They started doing this like, you know, a dozen years ago or so. Um, and they were able to kind of sell solar over the phone, over the internet, very effectively. Now with drones and Zoom, everybody's got, uh, you know, some... Um, teleconferencing software, Zoom or Cisco or, or Google Hangouts, um, you know, it works out pretty well. The, the only thing that, that I'm kind of missing is a reasonable haircut. Now, our salespeople can pretty effectively explain and design solar mostly online. And, you know, you can interact with the customer online. And you can see the aerial photos of the house and whatever. But what's still a challenge, and I just, you know, we just don't see any way around this, is you can't completely design a system accurately without really checking the home's electrical service. And when it comes to doing a battery storage system, we really have to kind of understand exactly what's going on inside the house's wiring so we can wire up the essential circuits. And yeah, we got to visit the house. Usually we can, we can just be outside wearing the proper um, masks, but um, sometimes you actually have to go inside. So from a supply and demand standpoint, um, plenty of supply, demand was kind of funky, but there's three big factors that are increasing the demand, not for residential solar, but for storage. The first is that people are working from home now, and they're even more dependent on electricity. Not only for their work, but you know, if they have kids at home, that, you know, the, the kids want to use the computer, they want to watch TV, something like that. So you kind of need that electricity. And if the power goes out, um, even though it'd be kind of quiet and peaceful, that, 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 that peacefulness is going to be shattered in moments when the kids can't kind of do what they want to do. Um, now, you, we also want to keep the food in the fridge cold in case the power goes out. I know for, for our household, it would be an absolute disaster if the power was out for more than like a dozen hours because I'd have to somehow find a way to eat 10 pints of the Cherry Garcia ice cream that's in my freezer before it all melts. Um, now, that, that's the first thing about people working from home. The second, um, we're, we're kind of, you know, it's, it's the end of May. We're kind of coming up to the fire season in California. And that fire season usually starts in September. So now's the time to get a battery insta installation started. So it's working by September when you know, it's very likely that PG&E is going to start having some more of those public safety power shutoffs. And third, the solar and the battery tax credit are currently 26%. At the end of this year, it goes down to 22%. So, in, you know, if, if people decide to put the system in in 2021, effectively, for all intents and purposes, these systems are going to cost about 4% more. Now, the good news is that the economy is gradually coming back for many businesses and for many homeowners. So um, th there's things that are going to take more time to come back, like travel, like the you know, hospitality hotel industry and restaurants. I mean, they've got a longer road to recovery. Um, 
but you know, a lot of the other businesses that are that are you know, especially here in Silicon Valley, they're they're kind of coming back, or some of them never really disappeared. Um, but overall, the total economic recovery when we see the hospitality, restaurants, movies, malls, things like that come back, it's really going to depend on consumer sentiment. It's going to depend on when people are comfortable kind of going back to the mall, going back to traveling. And we're not quite there yet for a lot of people, though it's very individualized. So I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. And the good news is that that light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train, so that's good news. But I really don't know how long the tunnel is. Um, And so what we're doing and what I'm doing personally and from a business standpoint is pretty much working on a short-term planning basis. There's just really too many uncertainties out there. Now, here are some of the questions we have about this crisis. And these are the uncertainties, and I really can't get any definitive answer, no, no high degree of confidence when I read articles or ask people about this, what the answers are. So just some of these issues and questions and uncertainties kind of in no particular order. First, how effective will the full, as we're kind of going through now, or partial shelter-in-place actions be in minimizing deaths and restoring consumer confidence? In California here, we're kind of moving towards phase two and then phase three of shelter-in-place, which means that many businesses to some degree are open and, and you know, people can kind of leave their house a little bit more. Um, another question, when will a vaccine or herd immunity be sufficient to restore consumer confidence? When will schools be back in session? When can all businesses reopen, either fully or right now in phase two where businesses can open partially? A retail store that has access to the street can now do business, but they have to deliver what everybody wants to buy to the street. You can't browse through the store. I mean, we were at a garden center over the weekend and outdoors you can look at all the plants, but you can't go inside to buy, you know, gloves or a shovel or anything. Um, You have to ask for it and then they'll deliver it to you. Um, When will people start traveling again, you know? driving to, to visit people or, or just getting on a plane. Air travel is particularly uh, concerning. How will the rate of unemployment change? It's still going up. We're, we're kind of at record levels. And when will it start going down and how quickly? Is it going to be a, a U-shape recovery? V-shape would be ideal. You know, it goes down and bottoms out and comes right up again. U-shape is it's going to be bad for a while. But heck, it may be more of an L-shape. I mean, there's some people that think that we're going to be kind of in this situation for years, not a matter of months. All right. And then I was kind of wondering, you know, as a homeowner and somebody that's renting office space, how will the real estate business recover, including the sales of, of buildings, renting, leasing, and finance companies? So huge part of our market, um, touching everybody. All right. Well, first, let's look at the current reality. Uh, it doesn't really take a brain surgeon to figure out. The current reality really sucks. Um, we're in a recession. There's high unemployment. There's shelter in place. We're kind of stuck in our homes. We've got cabin fever. And people have serious health risks. And, and the degree of risk really depends on, on your, the individual. But if anybody tells you they're an expert on COVID-19, they know how quickly we're going to get a vaccine and herd immunity, et cetera, et cetera, they're probably blowing smoke. So we just don't know enough about this virus. We don't know how fast consumer confidence is going to be restored. And then we don't know how quickly the stock market is going to recover and how fast the overall economy is going to recover. And the stock market, you know, people care about their stock portfolio when they're making investments and purchasing decisions. So when the stock market's weak, when the economy's weak, they're just not purchasing, and that has a, a, an immediate effect on the economy. So the new normal in America is most likely to be very geographically localized. It's still possible, and some people think it's likely, that in certain areas, the COVID-19 diseases and, and, and infection levels are going to really spike again, resurge. So that's going to be the new normal. It's going to be geographic. 
It's going to be individualized. And I'm not even going to use the political word because that's kind of, that's not what the show is about, but there's going to be a lot of political issues attached to it. So my approach from both a business and a home perspective is to be conservative since there's so much we don't know. I'm kind of going to assume that it's going to take longer than the optimists think for us to get back to any degree of normal. To me, it's not going to be a matter of months. It's going to be more like a year or two at best. So in my view, that means in general, try and spend less money. That's that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Another thing, in addition to spending less money, watch out for debt. Minimize any debt you have. Debt, where you're borrowing money to kind of get by, is particularly bad if things don't get better soon. Now, I worry about companies who have been shut down and it's going to take a long time for them to fully recover, especially if these companies are borrowing money. So airlines, hotels, restaurants, concerts, sporting events, lots of big companies, lots of successful companies, lots of really profitable companies. Many of them are borrowing money to stay afloat. But these companies, many of them are still going to have to pay these loans back unless it's turned into a grant. If their business doesn't quickly resume to previous levels and there's any significant interest payments, they might not be able to repay the loans. So what we're probably going to see is there's going to be a lot of bankruptcies. And that's no surprise. The banks already know this. They've drastically increased their reserves for bad loans. So companies borrowing money and the the economy doesn't come back as quickly as they expect, they're still going to have to borrow more money or not going to be able to pay that money back and, and they're going to have trouble. So kind of the logical thing really to do for companies is to aggressively downsize to match what's going on. You don't want to do that because you lose momentum, but that's kind of the most rational way to stay in business. Easier said than done for lots and lots of businesses. And from a personal standpoint, minimizing debt means minimizing credit card debt because you're going to end up start paying, you know, some really high interest rates on your credit card. All right. So from a business standpoint, I'd like to, to recommend that people minimize their fixed overhead. For example, restaurants may have really expensive leases. They might be able to kind of get by for a few months, shelter in place is over, but when the shelter in place is over, they may only be able to have 50% of the revenues before. They may be required to have people six feet away so they can't fill every table. They can only fill every other table. So their revenue is going to go down by 50%. Now, there, there's this thing called the Paycheck Protection Program. I think that was a really good solution to businesses for this problem if the economy is was depressed for a few months. Um, The PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, it paid for some overhead like rent and it paid for two months of payroll. So if businesses, you know, were out of business for two months and then they were able to snap back quickly, yeah, they they might've lost some profits for those two months, but they didn't lose a lot of money. They got reimbursed. That's a great solution. But if the business isn't going to snap back soon, it's kind of like they're going to be in the same situation in the third month. All right. From my perspective, the entire real estate industry is, is in a very uncertain place, both from a home standpoint in a business standpoint. So if you're looking at buying a house, selling a house, investing in real estate, just be really, really careful. The value of commercial properties is often based on the long-term rental rates. It's how much that the, the, the tenants are going to be paying for for rent over a long term. Well, when companies aren't doing well, when individuals aren't doing well, they can't pay their rent, those average rental rates are going to go down and that's going to have a depression on the value of the real estate. So the real estate prices are going to go down and that's going to happen even for homes. If people aren't able to kind of rent out their home or if people can't pay their mortgage, they're going to have to sell the house and it's kind of not the best time in the world to sell a house. You're not going to sell it from, for you know, if you just bought it last year, you're not going to sell it for, for anything close unless you're really lucky. So Remember, if the economy doesn't recover fast, it's likely that real estate values across the board 
are going to decline. So what can you do? Well, you know, you can seek out risk-free investments that improve your cash flow. Those aren't easy to come up with. And, and you know, from a totally self-serving standpoint, we're very confident here in the solar and the storage industry that solar and storage are going to improve your cash flow. Yes, it takes an investment, but what is that money sitting in the bank doing for you? You get, you know, half a percent interest after tax. If it's in the stock market, it's really, really volatile. But, you know, if you put it into something that's going to improve your business or your home cash flow, it's a good investment. As long as the sun keeps coming up, you'll be fine. All right. So these are my general principles. Now let's get a little bit more specific. Um, what's going to happen? Electricity costs are going to go up. No surprise. For utilities, their costs are based on old contracts and you know how much of their land was, how much they're paying for power, how much they're paying for people and overhead. And from a reliability standpoint, especially here in California, the PG&E and the utilities don't have any extra money to spend to maintain those electric lines and to prune those trees. So there's less money for that. The electricity reliability is going to be worse. Now, from a home energy consumption business, home energy consumption is way up. We're in our homes 24-7. We're using more electricity. We're using more heating. In the summer, we're going to use more air conditioning. You know, people at home are using the TV and the, the internet. It's just the power's running in the house, whereas it used to be when people are out of the house, the, the demand of electricity in the house is way, way down. But what's bizarre is the cost of electricity or the cost of gas isn't really going to come down. So the home energy costs are going to go up. And, and homeowners are going to have to spend more money on, on energy. Now, what about cars? What about vehicles? Gasoline is at a really low level. The fossil fuel companies are hurting. The refiners are hurting. But gas is cheap. And you know, as a result, there's going to be less demand for electric vehicles. And there's less demand for new cars. There's also a lot of discussions about interruptions in our food supply, particularly meat. There's a lot of um, uh, infections at the meat processing companies. Not much we can do about the long-term food supplies other than stocking up a bit. I, I wouldn't recommend really stocking up on a lot of food. The supermarkets are there. The big box stores are there. Yes, food costs are, may go up in some ways, but in other ways they may come down because there's, there's you know, a lot of local supply. So let's kind of take this down to what we can do at our homes and our business. Well, here's what we're doing at our company. We're stocking up and continuing to maintain a good supply of the things we need to keep our employees and our families healthy, sanitizers, masks. We buy as much as we can to make sure that our employees' families have these things. And we do regularly safety checks. We measure people's temperature when they come into the office. We do a check-in at weekly meetings we have just kind of psychologically to find out how everybody's doing. We have had a number of project cancellations. These were for customers that say, gee, I just decided not to buy solar. And these people will come back to us hopefully in the future. And, you know, we just give them their money back unless we really started the project, in which case we just keep a little bit of it. And there's a lot of other projects that were delayed for all kinds of reasons that I talked about before. From a financial standpoint, we're cutting back on expenses as much as we can. Things that, you know, we can kind of do without. We can always resume it. We ask our landlord for a break on rent. We got that. So that kind of helped. No more overtime. So we're focusing on keeping our existing workers fully employed and businesses down a little bit. So there's, you know, we don't need to do the overtime thing. We had some time when we were actually baby, basically not able to go onto roofs and to homes where we did a major cleanup and organizing of our warehouse. Um, and then from a selling standpoint, we did a complete transition to remote sales. So we're still visiting customer sites to make sure there's no surprises, that we can fly a drone over the house, check the roof out 
that in detail, more detail than you can from aerial photos and um, check the electrical service, but that's working out okay. We're minimizing inventory. We don't have a lot of inventory because we can kind of buy it as we need it. Um, and the pricing is dynamic. So I don't want to be stuck with a lot of high price inventory. And we're also reaching out to our existing customers just to check in with them, to let them know we're here to support them. Now on the home front, obviously we're trying my family and, and, and my, my daughters and my wife, we're trying to shelter in place as completely as possible. We only occasionally go shopping. Um, we get a lot of stuff online. We also kind of enjoy the old habits of a lot of cooking, a lot of eating, a lot of drinking, and not enough exercise to compensate for all those extra calories. And then from, from a home economic standpoint, the, the surprise, our biggest utility expense um, is the water bill. Uh, we're negative for electricity. We almost use zero natural gas. It's just when we heat up the gas grill outside. Um, but, you know, that water bill is kind of high, and I don't think there's a darn thing we can do about it other than kind of let the, the, the grass go a little bit brown. Um, but, it, you know, business standpoint, home standpoint, um, things are going fine. We're really looking forward to when things open up again, um, and it's just going to take time, and we're going to have to be patient. So just to kind of wrap up, I feel lucky to be in the solar and storage industry. Um, it's the long-term demand for backup power and inexpensive electricity that our industry provides is there. I mean, this is there's going to be a good 20 years of demand. It's not going to be steady. Why we call it the solar coaster, it's going to bounce up and down, but there's going to be a lot of demand for inexpensive, local, reliable power. And um, I see lots of products coming out on the market that are going to be um, you know, great for our business and uh, home customers. And you know, most importantly, uh, happy to, to see that um, everybody out there is, is thriving and healthy. All right. That's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you miss any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to their podcast. 